I just want to wake up every day, throw a leg over my scoot, and ride. American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. On road or off road, wrencher, rider, racer, or just a weekend warrior, this is the show for you. You found us, my fellas. Welcome to the American Roadrunner Podcast. And now, your host, Bob Marshall. Glad y'all could join us. Here, we share stories from the road on our two-wheeled motorcycle machines. All tales of spills, thrills, and chills. All the good, bad, and ugly stories from freedoms on the open road. I am your host, Bob Marshall, fellow wrencher, racer, and roadrunner, and writer of the book entitled American Roadrunner. Feel free to look us up on social media, Instagram, American Roadrunner, one word, also on Twitter, Facebook, American Roadrunner, and of course, the website, AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com. Just a quick bit about me. Yes, I have a motorcycle problem that needs a damn 12-step program. I love everything that has to do with two-wheeled machines and the adventures on them and the road. I wrench on all my own machines, which is many. Many a scoot clutters my back property, all screaming at me to ride them. I love to ride, and I get to ride every day here in Southern California. To work, to the store, to the coffee shop, I just ride. I also love to hit the interstates and highways here across this fine country of ours we call the United States of America and beyond. I love to race. A little friendly competition between myself and fellow scooters is always a good idea. This means I have a little family race team. I started with my pops and my son who serves as crew chief for our outfit we call Flying Marshall Racing. We like to say we do the most unpopular types of motorcycle racing in the world. This includes land speed racing, Sanctioned by the SCTA, I am a member in good standings of the club known as the Roadrunners. We like to race out at El Mirage in Bonneville. How fast can you go in a straight line? We also do a little flat track racing and a little bit of little bike racing, which is great. I do on my little Rebel 250 pretty much all over this country. Hashtag little bike pervert. You can look that up. I also serve as president of Abate of California, Local 27, here in Riverside. Abate is your motorcycle rights and safety organization. Feel free to look them up, A-B-A-T-E, and support your local Abate. And yes, I like to also do and have done some cross-country chopper racing, formerly known as the Stampede. This means that I built a rigid scoot and have raced it across country, my personal time being just under two and a half days, nonstop, west coast to east coast. And this is where my book, American Roadrunner, came from. Feel free to pick it up on Amazon. Any bookstore can order it for you. And don't forget Chop Colt. Chopcult.com carries it as well. Big shout out to Lisa over there for carrying that for us. And of course, the website, AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com. Today on the show, very excited to bring to you this, we got to do it over the phone, 
It's with one Miss Z a Traveler. And yes, I checked her ID. Her name really is Z-E-E Traveler with one L. So Z comes to us from Oklahoma. Well, that's where she was born anyways. The thing is, you'll find out these days she lives nowhere. She doesn't live anywhere and everywhere all at the same time. I got to become a big fan of hers after joining her Facebook group, Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds, MMV. She hosts and coordinates a group. She, of course, also has a website that you'll get to hear about. And needless to say, in my opinion, it was all pretty exciting. I might have even learned a thing or two from this young lady. So let's get to our phone chat we had. She was hanging out up north avoiding the cold for a minute at a friend's house and we got to sit down and have this chat and lucky you to get to enjoy it my fellows i give you z traveler part two well good for you well i think the burning question most people would have is how do i afford this well we can start there (laughs) (laughs) we can Obviously, you're making a ton of money off a Facebook group. I'm totally joking. There's no money in that, in case anybody's ever wondering. But um, yeah, don't 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 start a Facebook group unless you have a passion for what you're doing, because it's the worst paid job ever, and mm-hmm. it's shit some days. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, yeah, how do you afford Flavor it? Of love. How do you afford it? You're just making it work. Yeah, so I stop work um, every whenever I need need money if i stay in the states it costs me between three and five hundred bucks a month to travel and of course this is saying everyone's like oh how much do you ride per day and i'm like well um mileage doesn't matter it's how long you're operating the bike that you're going to burn your gas right i usually go for as many small secondary roads as possible so i'm going lower slower getting a better fuel economy and i only like to ride two to four days a week I like to stop, stay with friends, or camp in one place for two days and just relax, not have to break camp, make camp, break camp, make camp. That's tiring. Right. You get to read any good books? Yeah, I do a lot of reading, actually. Um, One of my favorite days is just a nice summer day in my hammock, swinging and reading a book on my phone. I keep e-books on there. And I'm I'm a fiction reader, so. Cool. Um, I've done the thrillers. I've I've branched off into quite a few things. I've read read a lot of the classics like Arthur Conan Doyle and... um, Edgar Rice Burroughs. I branched off from Sherlock and Tarzan to their other works, which were pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I get around in the books as much as possible. Everyone's like, "Oh, why don't you read this motorcycle thing?" And I and I have lots of reasons. I don't want to be influenced on my own my own media. I don't want to be like, even if I don't try to mimic someone, if I read something, I'll probably somewhat mimic it. And two, it gives me expectations of places I've never been. I don't want to see it before I get there. I want to get there and experience it for what it's going to give me, and not be disappointed because my my hopes were built up and then three i'm living the life why do i need to read about other people living life okay let's step back let's go through that all again because it's extremely important and i think you went a little fast number one (laughs) so number one so number one the reason why i don't read other people's work other motorcycle adventures books or i don't even really i don't like to watch videos in the first place but um, i'm more of a reader but the reason why I don't read things that are motorcycle related is because it'll influence my 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 own work. I want to write books. I want to I write articles currently, and I don't want to incorporate other people's styles into my own. I'd like to come up with mine as originally as possible. Well said. So even if I'm not trying to mimic them, 
it, it probably will come out in some way. So that's like one of the major reasons why I don't. Number two is that, you know, why would I read it when I'm doing it? That's right. Um, I, I don't really need to read what other people are doing since I, I'm out here doing it myself. And number three, and probably the most important one, is that, and this applies to everything. I love recommendations, but don't send me photos. I don't want to see it. I don't want to. I don't want to look at pictures or videos of where I'm going. Just tell me what it is, and let me go see it. Because if you send me this beautiful professional photo, photograph of, say, Niagara Falls, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing and gorgeous, and I get there, and Niagara Falls is actually just a giant tourist trap. And when I was there. It wasn't sunny, so I had, you know, overcast skies. The photos aren't that great. And it's disappointing. It really lets you down. That's so if right. you just tell me somewhere they check out, when I get there, I experience it for what it's going to give me and not what I wanted to get from it. I refer to it as building a relationship with your surroundings. And on a motorcycle, you get to be part of those surroundings, regardless whether you want to or not and it's it's wonderful Probably one of the best things about a motorcycle is being in the you're in the picture not watching it that's right you're not looking out a car window that looks like a tv screen you're actually part of the scenery uh, oh yeah the smells and the and the you can feel the cold fronts and the warm fronts and just it's so amazing to be riding you're you're fully engaged all your senses when you're riding i really enjoyed what you said earlier it makes me feel good and reminds me why I'm a fan of yours when you stated you saw a place and you really wanted to buy it. I wish I had a dollar for every time I pulled over in the middle of nowhere and it's like an old abandoned cafe, hotel put together, whatever, and there's like horse stables in the back or something ridiculous. And you think, here I am in the middle of nowhere. Nobody stops here, but I really want to own this so I can live here and be here all the time because it's so magical. Mine was in North Macedonia. It's off of, um, oh, is it Ori or it's, it starts with an O and has an R in it. It's like four letters. It's in it's in Macedonia. It's off this lake, and it was a huge campground. It's been abandoned for like ten or twenty years. And I just saw when I was walking through it. It's got these little cabins. It's got single like um, two bed ones and then four bed ones. It's got a big bathhouse and it's all overgrown and wrecked. You know, people have destroyed it. Right. And I just saw, but all I saw was it would make the greatest moto camp North Macedonia ever. And I was like, I'd love to live here. I'd love to work here. This is an amazing place. There's mountains. There's a national park right down the road. This lake is beautiful. I'd have kayaks. And I just I spent all night imagining, you know, I'd pay the little local kids to pick up trash and all the things that I would do to it. It, it. it was just one of those places that you see it and you just see the potential it could have. And I fell in love with it and I wish I could have it, but it, now's not the time. Now is not the time. You've got a lot of life in front of you for fun adventures such as that. I do. I do. And uh, well, I, have a, I actually have a philosophy or maybe a spirituality is that when I'm on the road, when I first started, I'm micromanaging myself and I'm not really experiencing and I'm not being open to the, to the opportunities coming my way. The more that I let go of control the more I believe the universe puts you where you should be when you need to be there to learn a lesson that you need to learn or a person that you need to meet or some type, something that'll improve your life. If you're just paying attention and that you were free enough to go when someone said, Hey, you want to go this way, which is totally opposite of the way that you were intending to go. I can't tell you how many times that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go North today. And someone, and I just happened to meet someone at a gas station or 
camping or whatever, and they're like, hey, I'm going this way. You want to hang out? Yeah. North North can wait. I'll go hang out with the person that's going to change my travels for the better and give me an experience that I won't get on my own. Well, I completely and 1,000 back and agree and live by everything you just said. I, I think it's wonderful. You have to experience it to really believe in it, but when you do, you realize that trying to control your life is the worst thing you can do with your life. Take it as it comes, overcome the challenges, and keep going because it's going to throw at you what you want. And it really can be done from both sides of the coin. I mean, I work for the government. I take care of big government buildings here in downtown Riverside all day long. I get a month off every year that I break up and add two holiday weekends and that's how I get out and ride. You know, I'll take a week off here, a week off there. And it mm-hmm. all adds up and it can be done. And yeah, I have a house and I have a truck and an excursion and children and lots of motorcycles. I'm not going to say how many because it's embarrassing, but you know, we no, all. No, no, I think that should be, that should be a badge of pride. Okay. My son tells me it's almost 30 and I need to consolidate, but want to think about Definitely. it. That's, that's one of the weird things that you've got touring bikes and you've got racing bikes. And it's it's so weird in the motorcycle community that most people get into one of the, the communities and just kind of stick to it. And we don't cross-reference very well. You know, I've never raced. I've never been someone for speed. Well, I love speed. Who doesn't love speed? I, I just kill myself. <laughs> and I can't afford the hobby. It's a pretty expensive hobby. Yeah. But I'm in, I'm in the touring, you know, the traveling motorcyclist community. So I know and associate with travelers. I know people who go just for weekends. I know people who've gone for a month. I know people on their road full time. Right. I don't really, and I, and that, that doesn't matter what brand, you know, I, I know people who ride everything from Vespa's all the way up to Harley's, but I don't really go over into the racing very much. And I don't really go into the, you know, like the dual sports very much. You know, there's, there's some communities even I don't touch very often and I don't know anything about them. I think that's okay as long as you're on two wheels. You know, for me, like land speed racing, fly track racing, it's something I do as dad. It's a family thing. And it really is the safest thing I do compared to hauling ass cross country in the stampedes or uh, even the ride 1K in a day. You know, I mean, everyone kind of goes, well, you're just riding. Yeah, but I could ride off the road into a ditch and someone couldn't find me for a week. But you're going really fast land speed racing. Yeah, but there's like two ambulances around and everybody's watching me. So it really is. And you're the wearing safest. a lot of gear designed for sliding. Exactly. Yeah, I put on my big <laughs> Elvis suit. I'm, I'm actually anti gear for myself. I make the choice for myself not to wear it and it drives people insane. Well, I get it. There's a lot of gear I don't wear, you know, when I'm road riding. I don't really wear leather, I prefer the synthetics. Um, well, that's the, that's the debate where everyone's like, oh, well, Kevlar or, or leathers, what racers wear, well, racers slide. They're right. on flat, maintain services. They're going to slide. Right. When you're off-road riding or you're street riding, you're going to bounce where you're going to have the better luck with having synthetics with the pads. I own a few really nice leather jackets, but, you know, leather gets cold after an hour, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's not very waterproof, and when it gets wet, it stays wet forever, and it doesn't pack small. Exactly. Thank you. I totally agree. It doesn't pack small at all, so you end up wearing the jacket all the time. So I just have a blue Dickies jacket. I wear mostly everywhere, but I do layer. I'll have a flannel and then a sweater and then the jacket, mm-hmm. or I just put my suit on. I've got a big synthetic 
suit, you know, that you'll never see a picture of me in because it's, help, I can't put my arms down, you know. It's really embarrassing, but boy, it works. And it it is nice because it's waterproof as well as weatherproof. And I've uh-huh. ridden through, you know, I've ridden through snow in it, 35 degree, 30 degree. It, it does very well. Um, yeah, I've, I've got the problem that I have minimal space. And on the right. Victory, I had the Victory packed with a 40 liter backpack on it. And now I'm on a Suzuki DR350 with a 40 liter backpack and a milk crate for all the, the bike stuff. So I ta- I tell you what I, I don't do- carry a lot. Yeah, I tell you why my excuse for the suit it is it's the size of a sleeping bag, but I use it as a sleeping bag. So if- I know some old school riders who use ski suits the same way. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it is. I mean, I did buy it over at Chaparral. I think it was two hundred dollars, and I will absolutely I'll use it as a sleeping bag. And if I'm, if I know I'm just hopping around, I'll just take the sleeping, I'll take the suit as my sleeping bag and then a tarp. And that way I don't have to carry so much. You know, I mean, it all, usually I know where I'm going, what the weather is going to be like, um, you know, whatever. So I, I get to pack accordingly. And even on my choppers, I've got tons of places to put things. I get, I mean, I even carry a typewriter most of the time, you know, so. Wow. I know, I know other travelers, like I'm kind of in the mid range. Sometimes I do big miles. Sometimes I do little miles. Um, you know, sometimes I go slow and sometimes fast. I know one guy over in Europe now, he goes super slow and just really thoroughly um, explores a country before he moves on. And then I have a friend here in the States. He rides a Harley. It was a victory until victory stopped. He actually blew one engine at 72,000 miles. The victory had 102 without ever having to split the engine. Yeah, it was you a know. good semantics whatever yeah but he's on a he's on a harley now he wrecked got a new harley and before the six month anniversary of him buying it he had fifty thousand miles on it for him as a coping mechanism yeah that's good he he just rides so he just all he wants to do is ride well there's a lot to be said about that i think and i know myself and a lot of my friends chat about that often and i know the listeners have heard it on the show there's a lot of us uh you know we don't drink we're sober and we don't, uh, or we do this this way, or we do it that way. And motorcycle riding is a wonderful coping mechanism for whatever ails you. Um, it's kind Every time of, I'm upset, my first response is, can I go for a ride? If I can't go for a ride, then I drink. Okay. See? Riding's always number one. You know, it's always going to come first. And it's, it's meditation. It's therapy. You know, you get to this point that, like, I get to this point anyways, if I'm not having to focus on the road too hard, that I'm just totally... My mind is blank, and I'm just chill, just really, you know, able to relax when I've had a stressful time or whatever. Okay, let's get to another burning question. Have you ever had, there's a few things listeners might be thinking, and I know the answers because I've been around, but have you as a young woman, ever had major issue with people when you're out camping? No, I've never had problems with people out camping. And I tell people all the time that bad people stay in cities because that's where you disappear after you victimize someone. And usually if they're out in the, in the woods, they're out there because of the same reason you, you're out there is because you both love nature. Okay. And also, I do believe 95% of people are good. You know, the media tells you to fear your neighbors and, and fear your country and fear your state. And fear everything, but when you get out there, people really are great. I've had 
so many people help me along the way when I've had a flat tire or I'm freezing my ass off. I've had total strangers invite me to their homes. I've had people give me money. People are wonderful, and it's a very humbling experience to to let your guard down, let your pride down, and really experience people giving. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're just taking and you're just leeching or whatever the hell they want to say about me. But for one, I don't ask. I just humbly accept because people like to give. It makes you feel good to give. And that means that there needs to be someone to receive. So right now, I do receive a lot. One day, I will be stationary and I will give. I will give back to the travelers currently on the road. I'll have a place that'll be safe for anyone to come to. I'll give out money. You know, the roles will reverse one day. And that's that's what life should be is to teach you the lessons to do both. Learn to accept and enjoy what people want to give you. And then learn the value of giving as well. And I do give back as much as I can. A lot of the work I do online is the way I give back to the community. I love the community. I'm very passionate about this. Motorcycles are my life, and I do my best to give back and to promote a good community and to give resources, and my experience is always free. I, I If I can teach you something, if I have something that you want to know, I will tell you any day of the week. It doesn't matter when you message me. You know, it's 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 you got to give back. This experience is invaluable. I, I, I undermine myself a lot. I, I really don't think it's that valuable, but to someone who's just starting – it is very valuable to be taught like, Hey, this is how you can get resources. These are like the websites you can use, you know, learn your local laws. You know, I can tell them about my gear, at least give them a very good start on what they should have with them. And then telling them that it's okay. You're going to get lost. You're going to break the bike. You know, you're going to break down. The weather's going to suck. It's going to really fucking suck. Adventure always sucks while it's happening. makes the great story afterwards. But while it's happening, you're like, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. <laughs> but you're so right. It's adventure. Yeah. It really so, is. You know, I tell all those things to people and it gives people a good head start. And I really enjoy passing on my experience. I want to, I, eventually I'd like to do more um, shows and demonstrations and presentations. I've done one at Horizons Unlimited. Uh, I do intend to do more one of these days. But well, how was that experience? A, that's one of those things I hate scheduling. Yeah. How was that experience for you? What was that? Oh, I keep a lot of that opinion to myself. The Facebook group is very negative. I posted on the Facebook group a couple times and received overwhelmingly negative feedback. Hmm. They, um, keyboard warriors, they, they think that if you haven't ridden in a third world country, you haven't done shit. Hmm. So before I went to Europe and rode through, you know, non-union European countries, I, I wasn't a real traveler to those people. But hmm. at the presentation, I made a lot of great friends. I had one of the most popular presentations. I called it Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds to teach people that you don't have to be rich because a lot of the, the you and crowd is BMWs and, and well-paid middle-aged men. So they're like $20,000 bikes and $30,000 tours. And I'm over here like, you don't have to do that. That is one way to do it, but you can be poor and do it too. But I, I made a lot of great friends and had a great experience there. And I do intend to go to more of them. One of these days, I also would like to go like the one show and some of the like AMA vintage days, just to just to network and market and meet people. Well, that's a good idea, and because you've lived the laugh and kept it up for several years, you have a lot of experience, as I think as I think we all do, and that's why I really enjoy the social medias. I wish I used them more, but that's why I started writing uh, as well as hosting the show. 
it gave me the opportunity and the chance to give back to the community and give back. Well, to... you got to give back the way that's that works for you. You're right, and uh, I got to tell you, Instagram's cool, I guess, and Facebook's cool, I guess, but. Boy, I sure do enjoy this audio show, this podcast, and I sure do enjoy... I don't even like Instagram. I view... You know, we were talking about this the other day. I was at a... I, I, believe it or not, I actually went to a WordPress event. And it was pretty exciting because I got to present huh. about how I do this show, how I do my podcast. And everybody there was mostly... Uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, and then a lot of, that was half the crowd. Did you tell them about your closet? You know, I did. And they were, they all had a lot of questions. A few of them have called me since then. Uh, Yes, I'm in the closet. Thank you for being in the closet with me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, That's very kind of No problem. I I love, I love hanging out in closets. Nice and cozy. Yeah, right. You're in a closet yourself, right? Yeah, pretty much. We it's uh, tell- one of the quieter places to get that uh, no echo. Yeah, we should tell the listeners that as soon as as soon as Z called me, I could hear the echo in the phone, and I said, "Well, good to talk to you. You got to move. Can you get into a closet?" <laughs> so she <laughs> she was kind enough to do so. Uh, that was really that was really good of you. I view Instagram as similar to a coffee table book that I just keep popping photos into. But I know a lot of people. Yeah, I need to. I need to pay more attention to mine. It's really hard to really connect with people on Instagram because it's usernames instead of actual names. And that's true. I don't find it very friendly for getting to know people compared to Facebook, where I I can get a sense of your profile pic and your name. And I I mean I can tell you so many little bits of information about hundreds of my members just because I read comments and see posts so much. I'm like, oh, they write that. And if you're over here like, oh, I'm thinking about buying a urine, I'm like, yeah, I know three people who ride urines. You talk to them about it. What is that? What is that? One of those really popular phrases. As a leader, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know someone. You need to know the people who do. I can pass my information on, but if the way I do it doesn't work for you, I got someone that does, and you can talk to them about their Harley or their Suzuki or their English bike, you know, or their really old bike, you know. It's it's not a bad thing to not know. It's just a great thing to know people who do. Ever wonder what happened to the music they used to play on the radio? It's now available and virtually commercial-free for your ride. Dirty Radio FM. Get the app today and enjoy it streaming or download songs to your heart's content. Dirty Radio FM is free and the best way to enjoy music through a Senna like Bob or with earbuds while you're on the road. Dirty Radio FM. Get the app today. I didn't even get to talk about Europe a lot, but that's the, everyone. Everyone's so big on, oh my God, I've gone to Europe, and I'm like, I've done 43 states and three Canadian provinces, which is eight times bigger than the 14 countries I did in Europe. I I just don't get it. I also backpacked for a month in the Philippines, and I'm heading down to Baja for Christmas, so long as my situation here doesn't change. Um, and then you know, heading for South America next year, but everyone's like, oh my God, Europe. And I'm like, really the only difference is for one, there's cell phone service everywhere in Europe. So you're never without cell phone service if you buy a plan. Right. And then the only difference is that you don't speak the language and you have to change currencies, which is a pain in the ass sometimes. But besides that, people are nice. Food's even cheaper. Food's better quality. Roads are just as nice. Plenty of back roads, 
it's not as remote as the Western states, but you know, it's really not what everyone thinks it is. And I'm like, I've been to Albania and Serbia and Bulgaria is part of the union. Moldova, Serbia and Albania and Bosnia aren't part of the union. They're like, Oh my God, you didn't die. And I'm like, no, those people are fucking nice. Right. I love Serbians and Moldovans. Like there are nice people there. They're so giving and there's such strong community in, in Europe compared to what we have here. Do you enjoy the extra motorcycle culture that is in Romania and the, all the other countries? Yeah. You know, here they're all about Americans are like, fuck motorcyclists, get them off the road. Or I'm going to open my car door if they split past me. In the U.S. and Canada are the only two countries that don't allow lane filtering. The whole point of a fucking motorcycle is to ride where you fit. It reduces traffic for everyone. So Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in California. I share lanes, split lanes all day long. And that's probably yeah. the only advantage I have over other competitors, stampede competitors, when they come to visit me. <laughs> They've said, I'm like... Listen, be nice. I'm going to leave you in the dust. And they're like, you can't leave me in the dust. And I go, traffic. I'm going to split. You know, and they just die laughing. They're like, there's Bob drinking his coffee and smoking his cigarettes while splitting lanes, you know, at 40 miles an hour. Whatever. <laughs> well, you know, as in Europe, Romania is a very aggressive country to ride in. Mm -hmm. It is literally fighting for your life, kind of. It's really fun, though. It is ride where you fit. It doesn't right. really matter anything. You just You just ride. And people do look for you. And they move over for you if they see you. Right. They, it's not here where everyone's like, oh, fuck you. You get to go to the front of the line. You, you have to wait in line like the rest of us. They're over here like, okay, cool. You're small. You can go. I don't give a shit. Like, I've had people, I'm going 20, 30 kilometers of a speed limit, but I have a car that wants to pass. And I just get over to the line, and they pass right next to me. Yeah. Which Americans would flip shit, but they didn't change over a lane and then go around. And I'm like, no, I'd rather them just go instead of riding my ass. Sure, sure share with anyone at this point like i don't really care in in europe i was in serbia bosnia I, every country macedonia montenegro i was going i've been caught going past cops 20 to 40 kilometers of the speed limit technically legally passing they don't give a shit cops don't give a shit what bikes do there sounds like it i'll tell you it's getting pretty good here in southern california as far as lane splitting lane sharing but I was up yeah, in Northern and, California. I want to fight that attitude that we have here, the whole fuck bikers thing that America has going on. Like, what the fuck, man? Well, I'll tell you what. There's a few different ways, and I I really view it as massaging it, not fighting it. But I'm 42 and you're 27, so there might be a difference in that. But, you know, uh -huh. I just remind people, and I tell everyone everywhere I go, hi, I ride a motorcycle all the time. I've got, you know, kids and I've got a house and I'm very normal and it's okay not to run me over. And all the time people are threatening my life with their big machines and I just let them go because I hope that they remember in the future, hey, that guy on that motorcycle did not flip me off for being an asshole. That's That's been my take on it the last several years. Cause you just the best get thing you can do is to be the best example of a motorcyclist when you meet people and when you're on the road. Exactly. Oh, and I hear the stories all the time. Someone will go, the other day this motorcyclist did this and they were going this fast. And and I'm talking to some mom in a minivan and I go, yeah, I know what you mean. Because the other day this person in this minivan did this and did that. <laughs> they go, 
They go, wait a minute. That, I go, no, it's exactly the same. There's going to be assholes on motorcycles. There's going to be asshole moms in minivans, whatever, you know? We have that horrible me mentality in this country that a lot of the world doesn't have. And that's okay. where a lot of it stems from is, it's mine. I'm important. You're not. That's right. You know, I'm infallible. That's right. And it, it's just going to take time. And all we can do is lead by example. I hope I'm a big yeah. firm believer, of course, that motorcycles are a very good solution to a problem. I mean, if 10% of the U.S. population rode a motorcycle, we'd have zero traffic congestion and billions. Yeah, we, we, we can reduce traffic. We're reducing oil consumption. We get Most of us get really good gas mileage. All of us get better than cars. Yeah. There's a lot we of people. We don't fluids on the road. We don't cause damage to the road. Like, I'm pissed that we have to pay tolls in this country. Yeah, that makes no sense, especially in Oklahoma. I that I avoid Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't. That's the funniest thing. Orlando's bad too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true that. No, that makes no sense to me. I here I am paying a toll on an interstate. It's an interstate. Come on, people. And I'm causing no damage. I weigh like less than a thousand pounds. I'm not losing fluid. I'm not cracking the cement. You know, mm -hmm. I we're, we don't cause problems. We are actually a good solution to a lot of them. No, I agree. And all I can do is my very best, uh, even with this show. There's a lot of people I know who have messaged me who enjoy this show. And they're backpackers who ride Priuses. And they enjoy, I'm sorry, they drive Priuses. They enjoy the adventure of this, of this show. And it is adventure, and I get it. Let's go to the corner. It's time to talk tech. Welcome back to the Talkin' Tech Corner. Okay, we've all been there. We're all waiting to go on a group ride, and someone's busy trying to get their Santa Bluetooth to hook up, or get their earbuds in their ears right, or whatever it may be. There's a lot of good ways to listen to music, or podcasts, or audiobooks while you're on the road. We're all guilty of it. We've all done it. Maybe we're the guy who's not doing it. That's cool, too. Whatever you got to do to enjoy your ride down the road, do it. But I noticed about a year ago, it was really hard for me to ride without music, without a book, without a podcast blaring in my ear. So I gave myself the personal challenge. What does it take to have absolutely nothing cranking in my ear while I enjoy the road? I got to tell you, it was kind of a big eye-opener for myself, or ear-opener, if you will. We all know once you hit 40, 50 miles an hour, all you're going to hear is the wind slapping on your helmet, or just the wind in your ear, but I got to tell you, it's a lot of good thinking time, and I was okay with that. So I'm going to put it all out to all the audiophiles out there riding who enjoy the music, the podcasts, including this podcast, because if you haven't noticed, this podcast is a little loud on purpose to make sure you can hear it on the road. But sometimes, wouldn't it be nice just to unplug? Unplug and enjoy the sound of the wind. Just an idea. Put it as a personal challenge, because at the end of the day, you don't want to be that guy holding up the group of riders because you're busy trying to plug in. Maybe your Bluetooth isn't hooking up. Maybe your radio isn't working for some reason. Every so often, it's okay to just ride and enjoy the wind. 
But regardless, whatever you do, get out there, have a good time, ride your ride your way, and enjoy all of it. Your road, your way. Until next time, my fellows. Let's get back to the road with Bob Marshall and the American Roadrunner podcast. First time I went to do a cross-country chopper race, I sat down and read 127 hours about the guy who cut off his own arm in uh, Utah. He was backpacking. Yeah, because it was just a great adventure, how to survive story. And I'm never going to be back. Have you been to the rubber tramp rendezvous? I have not. What state is that in? It's in SoCal or Arizona, one of the two. It's in January most years. It's the cheap RV living guy. He's really popular on YouTube. Okay. He runs it, and it's a rubber champ rendezvous. Anyone that travels by rubber is invited. So if you're on shoes, if you're on a bicycle, a car, a truck, a motorcycle, everyone's invited. And I hear it's one of the coolest places to go, and I'm I'm thinking about going this year. Or this upcoming one, I should say. Yeah. Well, hit me up. I'll go with you. It sounds like a lot of fun. We'll uh, We'll bring a SoCal gang. I know uh, my buddy Terry and I were chatting about that on our last podcast. I, I tend to ride mostly around with women because they're the ones out doing all the cool stuff. So <laughs> when, you, when you don't keep – and I'm not misogynistic in any way, and I don't use my gender as a way to promote myself. I'm just a traveler. I'm just a rider. I'm not a woman rider. I'm not a female rider. It doesn't fucking matter. Amen. I just like motorcycles. When, you, when, you, when women get out on their own, they do tend to be more adventurous. I know a lot of women who are out traveling by themselves, and That's I know right. a lot of men that have tried to convince me that I need them as a partner because they want me to, to train them and take care of them. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you travel with me. You're my partner. I don't want a puppy. If I wanted a puppy, I'd get a really cute one. Right. Usually men are not that cute. <laughs> no, I hate to say that, but no. no. Some, some really struggle with it. Yeah, I'm not very cute. I totally understand and feel for you. Speaking of, let's hear it. Shiwi. You use a Shiwi? No, I actually don't. Mm. Um, I do want to buy one, but it's not the Shiwi. There's another one that's better that my friend... My friend went through all of them, and she, she knows the good one. Okay. I thought about getting it, but... I always have baby wipes. It's it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for motorcyclists is baby wipes. Well said. I completely agree. I wish I had a dollar for every time I, I was in for everything. I like wipe the bugs off the bike, wipe the bugs off my face. You wipe, wipe my bugs? ass. Doesn't really matter. Does all of it. You wipe bugs off your bike? That's a waste of time. Only if I can't see through the window or the windshield. Oh, you look through a windshield. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, I've got the most street dual sport ever. I put a I put a windshield on it, and it's got hand guards and a phone mount. <laughs> that, does it have a coffee cup holder? Because I love coffee cup holders. No, I don't really drink coffee, so good. good I think about you. putting a cup holder on the back for my water bottle, though. That way, it's easy access while I'm riding. I don't like Camelbacks. What I what I really dream of doing one day, though, and I've never really talked about this, is I'd love to get with one of the motorcycle manufacturers and design a dual sport touring adventure bike because you've got the comforts of the adventure bikes, but they're not very good off-road and you've got the off-road capable dirt dual sports or enduros if you're European, but nothing in the middle. Like I want to design something in the middle that's very off-road capable, light, but with all the comforts of a touring bike, you know, like a windshield is what really increases your days is not taking that wind all day. 
and have I'd love to design a bike like that. Well, I completely agree. Um, I'm a big fan of the wind, and I rarely wear my full face, so I end up taking the wind in the face all the time. And you're right. I wear half cap as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. But I have a windshield, so I get some wind, not all wind. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. You like to listen to music when you ride? Oh, absolutely. Or do you listen to podcasts? No, I actually don't listen to podcasts. I've never even listened to any of the ones I've been on. Of course, I was there anyway, so why? But yet, yeah, no, I'm um. Welcome to the Abate Minute, brought to you by Abate of California, your motorcyclist rights and safety organization. The Abate Minutes. There are several issues active at this time, but the one at the forefront is profiling of motorcycle riders. In the U.S. House of Representatives, it's House Resolution 255. This resolution promotes increased public awareness of motorcycle profiling. The resolution also encourages the motorcycle community and law enforcement to collaborate and communicate on efforts to end motorcycle profiling. This resolution currently has 115 co-sponsors, or about 25% of the assembly. We need more to sign on, so contact your local and ask them to co-sponsor the resolution. This is a first step in bringing anti-profiling into law. Several states already have anti-profiling laws in place or in process. There is a dedicated group working behind the scenes to bring anti-profiling legislation to California. It begins with the resolution and proceeds to proposed laws. We'll be bringing you more on this as it develops and what you can do to help the process. This was written by Mark Loudermilk on the Abate of California board. Support your local abate, my fellows. Let's get back to the road with Bob Marshall and the American Roadrunner podcast. I, I zone out when I ride, so I start with music and I'll dance and, you know, pay attention to the music, sing along, and then I progressively go to thinking and then working through problems and then just a blank space where I'm able just to relax and kind of hit zen, so right. I don't really pay attention to what's in my ears. It's just to keep the wind out and, you know. Yeah, I have a new mission in life. I'm going to get you to listen to podcasts. We'll talk about that after the show. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, mm, I'm Good a luck. Good, good luck. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> He's like, if I ever pick up a job driving, I will. Oh, there you go. You know, and, and riding is another great thing for the road is that when you're a rider, you become a better driver. I'm a more patient driver since I became a rider, too. That's really good to hear you say, because I got to tell you, I've become a little more of an impatient driver. That is, hmm. being in Southern California, I have to sit through a lot of traffic that I'm not used to sitting through. And I get really... I just feel so boxed in. I know it sounds ridiculous, but if anyone else out there can relate, you're in this tin can that could possibly crush in on you. And I just feel so much better on a motorcycle. Now I drive all the time with my kids. And uh, well, let, me, let me reiterate. I'm more patient when I'm getting paid to drive. Okay. Not sitting in traffic for my own thing. But when I'm like, I've taken jobs driving and I used to hate driving and hate being in cars. 
but I've done delivery jobs since, uh, since I hit the road. Sure. And I'm like, I'm getting paid to be here and I don't need to be in road rage mode. I'll sit here and chill behind the guy going five miles under if I need to. And you also become more observant on the road because I'm still, I'm drive like I ride, you know, I'm still looking at all around me and paying attention to everyone's driving skills, you know, who's going to cut me off. And, you know, you, you look more when you are a rider, even when you are in a car. Well, I completely agree. Z, I really got to thank you for hanging out with me this evening and having a good chit chat. This is what it's all about. Let's hear your uh, Facebook pages one more time. All right, this is going to be a second. So facebook.com slash Z Traveler, and it's Z-E-E Traveler with one L because I'm American. <laughs> you, can just go- you can just Google me. You can just Facebook me, Z Traveler. It'll come up. I have a Facebook page called Z Traveler as well. So you can like me or you can add me. Adding me or following me is the best way to see my adventures because that's what I keep up to date. My Facebook group is Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds, but you can also just search MMV. And then there's Bunk a Biker, and it's Bunk Dash A Dash Biker. But if you just type it out, it comes up as well. You can like the Facebook page, which is where I put the announcements, and I share some stories from that page. And then you can join the groups. The, the link for the map is on there. It's it's zmaps.com, zeemaps.com slash bunk dash a dash biker underscore world, which is really long, but um, it's it's linked on almost all of my posts. ztravel.com slash bunk a biker for more information about bunk a biker. Yeah. And just ztravel.com for other information. So I have some articles on there. I've got, you know, how to improve your photography, a good set of um, what you could pack for your first camping trip if you've never camped before I, I got all the different types of camping listed and the little tidbits i also have my own gear list listed nice. and um i have an article for free camping it's got 12 different resources to find free campsites all around the world perfect um which is very handy for people as well so amen i'm sure you can put all those links on the on the thing yes ma'am it will be done and i'm looking forward to seeing what you think of this show after you hear it <laughs> Did I just talk to you? I'll have in... to listen to at least one. Ah, now we're talking. See, sometimes, sometimes I get through. Z, thanks a lot, darling. Oh, thank you very much. Poetry from the Road. Brought to you by Road Scribes of America. They'd ride up his alley, their chrome shining bright. Those engines would rumble to show off their might. To a kid barely 13, they were such a thrill. I just have to have one, is how he would feel. Just a few years later, his dreams had come true. With hard work and effort, the friends that he knew, he built him a flathead, a bike oh so fine, for a few hundred dollars, and boy, did it shine. He rode it on weekends, he rode it to work. He'd ride in the sunshine, he rode when it hurt. He'd go find his buddies, and off they would go, and one time he even rode out in the snow. His second, a panhead, would go faster yet, and once in a while a few tickets he'd get. For more than three decades he rode and rode hard, and nothing would stop him from wearing road tar. So when you meet him, aglow with a smile, you'll know that he's must have enjoyed some more miles. The bugs in his beard and the dreads in his hair show that he enjoys life. No need to despair. Happy Rider.
by Rod Hatter. You can find Z on our website, Z-E-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-E-R, ztraveler.com. You can also find her on her Facebook pages, Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds, MMV, or Bunker Biker. Check her out. I'm a big fan of hers. This young woman's doing great things, going far places, and making it all happen. Until next time, my fellows, keep the rubber side down, stay warm, be good to yourself. American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. All I want is a machine between my legs and an open highway. Music for the American Roadrunner podcast is brought to you by Meek. The American Roadrunner podcast is an ARR production. Keep up with Bob Marshall and his adventures and stories from the road at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com, American Roadrunner on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We'll see you on the road.